Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. This morning, we're going to look at another passage in Mark chapter 11. This is a passage that is so encouraging but I think is also challenging. We're going to ask the question, is my prayer life bold, expectant, trusting, and humble? In order to help remember that, uh, we're going to use the acronym BETH. Do you pray like BETH? Bold, expectant, trusting, humble. I think if I'm honest, if I look at my own prayer life, Often, one of these components can be lacking. If I'm praying really bold prayers, am I also humble? Knowing that everything I ask for, I shall receive from him and has nothing to do with me. So if you're praying boldly, you also need to be praying humbly. But if you're praying humbly, are you also expectant? Or are you praying weak prayers that are not expecting the omnipotent, sovereign Lord of this world to work on your behalf because you're coming to him trusting in your father like a child? If you're praying expectantly, is it because your prayers are not bold? You're praying for small things, and therefore, of course, God is going to answer these things. Or are you praying big, bold prayers, and because you trust in God because of who he is and what he's able to do and what he's done before, are you expecting that God is going to answer these bold prayers? We need to have all four of these in order to have the prayer life that Jesus is commending to us in Mark chapter 11. So let's read this passage. This comes after Jesus has cleansed the temple, has cursed the fig tree on his way into the temple, and this is what happens the next morning. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look! The fig tree that you cursed has withered. Do you ever feel surprised like Peter? You pray for something and God answers it. It's like, whoa, I can't believe that. Why? This is the God of the universe we're talking. Where's the expectancy? Where's the trust? Pray bold prayers expecting that God is going to answer Trusting that God is going to answer because of who he is. And yet do so with a humble spirit. Knowing that you don't deserve it and it's not because of you that he'll answer. Verse 22. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So one thing I want to clarify before we really dive into this, um, because I don't want there to be misunderstanding, but I also don't want this to be the focus of our couple of minutes together. What Jesus is not saying here is pray for anything you want, and if you believe that you'll receive this thing, then automatically you're guaranteed you're going to get it. Jesus is definitely not saying pray for a private jet, and as long as you believe you will receive it, it will be yours. What Jesus is commending to us here is a trust in God. Instead, what Jesus is commending to us here is an expectant trust in God that when you come to him in prayer, you do not doubt. You know the power of God. You know what he can do. So you come to him boldly, expecting that he's going to work because you trust in him. And so you come to him humbly, but you expect that if you come to God in prayer boldly, you're going to receive it. You don't come to the Father in prayer and say, Father, restore the relationship between me and my friend, but you doubt that he's going to do it. You come to him expecting that he's going to work because he's a God who works powerfully. So you come to him boldly, trusting in him expectantly, humbly. And this is what characterizes the prayer life of a person who God responds to. This is not name it and claim it. This is not speak things into existence. Jesus is telling you the sort of posture you must have coming before the Lord. Now, how do we know this is the case? One of the most important hermeneutical principles that there is, is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. When you come to a difficult passage, you go to other passages that are more clear, that speak about the same thing, to allow Scripture to interpret itself. So with that in mind, let's flip quickly to James. There's two passages in James that help us interpret this passage properly. James 1, 5 through 8 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unable, unstable in all his ways. So what does James say here? We need to come to the Lord for wisdom, come to him in prayer, knowing that he gives generously to all who ask of him. But you need to ask him in faith, believing that he is going to answer, not doubting. Because if you doubt that God is going to answer you, you should not suppose that you're going to receive anything from the Lord because you're double-minded, you're two-faced. 
You're coming to the Lord asking him to give you something that you don't expect that he can or will. So that means that if somebody prays for something, but doubts rather than has faith, they're not going to receive it. So what does James commend here? Come to the Lord with an expectant heart. Come to the Lord with a trusting heart. So your prayer life needs to be characterized by trust and expectancy. The other passage that is helpful for us is in James 4. In James 4, at the end of verse 2 and into verse 3, he says this, You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend it on your passions. So James says here, some of you do not have what you need because you do not ask the Lord in prayer. So there's no expectancy. There's no trust. You're not asking boldly. And you're not being humble because you're not being reliant on the Lord. You're relying on yourself. But then others of you are coming to the Lord in prayer and you're asking him in a way that's probably bold and expectant and trusting. And yet, because you're coming to the Lord in prayer, desiring to have something so that you can indulge your passions and desires, you're not going to receive it, even though you ask and even though you're asking boldly and expectantly. So just because you speak the words and expect that the Lord is going to work and really trust that he's going to, that doesn't guarantee that he is going to answer it just because you've spoken it in trust. Because God is not going to give you something if you're just going to selfishly use it to indulge your own passions. So these two passages must come together. So let's finish by going back to Mark 11. And once again, looking at our prayer life, are we coming to our father in prayer like a child? Are we coming to him like Beth? With prayer that is bold, expectant, trusting, and humble. Jesus first and foremost says in verse 22, have faith in God. You need to trust in him. We shouldn't be surprised that God answers prayers. God is trustworthy. Therefore, we should have faith in him. Therefore, our prayers should be trusting. So if we have faith in God, then we come to him with boldness. So Jesus says in verse 23, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. So let's pick up on a couple of things again. You see the boldness. You say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. You see the trust here. He doesn't doubt in his heart, but instead... He believes that what he says will come to pass. Well, he has an expectancy that the Lord is going to answer. Why? Because he's trusting in him. And finally, it will be done for him. 
Humility comes in here. This is not, I speak it, therefore, I'm doing it. This has nothing to do with you. If something comes to pass because you prayed for it, it's because it's being done for you. If you say to this mountain, be taken up, and Mount Everest gets thrown into the ocean, it's not because of how great you are, how powerful you are, how holy you are. It has been done for you. By him. So, Jesus gives this example of coming to God in faith, boldly with expectancy, but in humility. And then he commends this to us. He says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, once again, Jesus is not saying, whatever you want, just believe that you receive it and then God has to give it to you. He's commending to you a prayer life that is trusting and expectant. And he says, whatever you ask in prayer, whether it's the smallest thing or you come to him in incredible boldness because you need him to work in an amazing way in your life or the life of another person, you have to do so with expectancy and trust. But if you do not come to him humbly, don't expect that he's going to work. So what does your prayer life look like today? Do you have the prayer life that Beth does? Which of these do you need to work on most? I pray that together we would come before the Lord with more boldness, with full expectancy, with unshakable trust, and in absolute humility, so that we might see the Lord work in our lives, in the lives of others, in incredible ways this year. <clears throat>